Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the India Against England daily podcast. We've seen England go 2-1 up in the series yesterday and to talk about all of that and more and maybe what both teams have learnt so far from the three games. It's Ash Turner, Rito Mitra and Sam Dalling. So three English badges with us today but we'll still talk about India as well. But Rito, um, start with you because you raised something prior to pressing record there about what have England learnt so far from the three games they've played. They've obviously won twice, they've lost quite heavily once. What do you think England have learned so far? Well, I don't think England have learned anything new so far in the series, James. I think... Right, so I've built, I've built you up there to tell me, give me a list of everything that England have learned and you basically come up with nothing. <laughs> yeah, if you look at it, we already knew that England are good chasing, but so far we haven't seen anything out of the ordinary to suggest that, yeah, they are they will be a fighting force in that tournament. Yeah, Owen Morgan, after that second loss, said that anything he is going to take any scoreline if his team learns anything on the tour. If he actually meant that I felt that after winning the toss tomorrow then he would have inserted his batsman once again to give them another chance at doing the, their business correctly this time. But he didn't. Obviously he wants to win this series and if England wins it say tomorrow then come the 50-20 then we'll see Owen Morgan some, doing something with his team. And I think you're quite right Rito but we've got a situation where I mean Morgan obviously wants to learn a load of stuff and test his team and, and put them into situations where they might benefit longer term but equally he wants to win the series and beat India for the first time in the T20 International Series and they're kind of competing wishes in a way aren't they? Yeah that's the dilemma for England really James isn't it? Ever beaten India in a T20 Series and they still want to learn things going into that tournament so how are they going to balance the, the, both the things now with two T20s left 
it's a good thing that they are leading the series maybe they can they can experiment a bit with the series still alive tomorrow but if Owen Morgan is playing absolutely safely then tomorrow also we might see a very safe approach from England if, the, if he wins the toss again he will ask India to bat first and come the 5th 2020 that's where he might just change things a little bit Sam from your situation looking at England's performances in the three games so far have you seen them learn anything at all? I don't know if it's learning or reinforcing things that we kind of already thought we knew I mean Josh Butler as an opener I think has I'm sure I heard uh, the, the question being debated a few days ago I, I think that's unquestionable the value of Mark Wood uh, really are I'll, I'll come in there Sam because we debated it yesterday on the podcast and uh, we were of the opinion myself and Neil that actually Josh Butler is probably the best opener in England's team but could England get more out of the team in in its entirety by having Butler lower down and maybe somebody like Ben Stokes opening because Ben Stokes looks a little bit lost at number five in the order whereas we know Josh Butler can still score runs down the order I mean in theory they could but I think Josh has shown he's one of the best if not the best or well, he's certainly up there in the best T20 openers in the world and so the, that's a big question do you in such a short game where there's only 120 balls do you lose what Joss gives up top but that's the problem England have got isn't it Sam really because you've got 120 balls and you've got probably six or seven players in that squad who would love to bat in the top three and you can't please them all and so therefore you've got to shuffle the pack a little bit to try and get the best out of that pack in its entirety yeah I agree but I still think in T20 that Joss you want your best opener up top and I think at the moment Joss is proving and of course Stokes there's also a case for Stokes to do the same thing but it's difficult to look past for me Joss is the best opener so he should open I understand what you're saying about getting the best out of the entire squad but Stokes is looking maybe a bit out of sorts over a few games doesn't necessarily mean that it would be any better if they swapped the two around so I'm not sure I subscribe to that theory Ash how have you seen it so far in terms of England's preparations for that World Cup T20 in in a few months time Um, I think as Sam said it we haven't necessarily learned anything new it's just sort of reaffirmed things we probably already knew I think for me Butler opens purely because he's going to win you more games opening than he will batting lower down just on the fact that he's going to face more balls and I think it's got to be that simplistic for me when it comes down to where I play Butler and then the rest of the batting I think we sort of know what we're going to get if we've learned anything new there the only thing that's sort of been reaffirmed is I think the fact that we need that out and out pace really of of Mark Wood and we can't afford to be playing both Chris Jordan and Tom Curran in the same game they're probably a bit too similar and if you're looking for probably what is it 12 overs or at least say 10 overs Overs from Sam Curran, Tom Curran, Chris Jordan, and Ben Stokes. You are going to be you're going to be struggling, and I think it's sort of shown how important that Mark Wood now is in the in the T20 side. Mark Wood's been exceptional, Sam, hasn't he? In the two games he's played, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed watching him play. And he, he's got a lot of control for somebody that bowls it very fast, and he's obviously somebody that gives a hundred percent every time he plays. But he makes a real difference, doesn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He's a game changer. That I mean, his slower ball is about eighty miles an hour. <laughs> he really, from the very first ball, we talk about oh, phrases like X factor and things like that, but. He he really is someone. I suppose we all lo- we all love someone that you can see is putting their heart and soul into it. But he is that difference maker. 
batsmen that aren't quite sure what to do with him. It's a bit like Boomer is for India. There's just something about him that is special, game-changing. And yeah, we've seen England are a better side with him in it than any of the alternative options. I agree with Ash. I'm not sure. Tom Curran hasn't convinced me, not that he needs to convince me. I'm sure he's not worried about what I think, but I, I, I don't know Tom it Curran. Keeps, it keeps him awake at night, Sam. I think it uh, probably does, James. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with Ash. I think I love Jordan as a cricketer. I think he's a great all-round his fielding is, is exceptional and so yes I, Mark Wood has to play for me Tom Curran perhaps isn't quite in the best 11 maybe not quite in the best 13-14 either there's a rat in the kitchen what am I gonna do there's a rat in the kitchen what am I gonna do I'm gonna get a black rat cricket bat he rat fans The best kit available to maximise those scoring opportunities from blackratcricket.com. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Rito, going back to your initial point, have England maybe not learnt that many lessons because they've already learnt those lessons in the past? Because obviously this World Cup T20 was supposed to have been um, played already and England had pretty much got their, their 11 or their 15 in their heads by that stage anyway. So effectively, are England just kind of polishing up what they've already got rather than actually looking for answers? Yeah, that's what I was even thinking yesterday. Probably they were all setting up for this tournament to be held in Australia. Now all of a sudden it's going to be in India a year later. So that has just, to, what change their plans a little bit and they're taking some time to adjust to it but I was even interested with Owen Morgan not even playing Moin Ali in one of the three T20i so far yesterday's one was played on red soil pitch and they turned to tend to turn a bit so even there Owen Morgan didn't go with Moin Ali so what is England going to do with Moin Ali now? Uh, that did surprise me actually because we, you know, there was a lot of talk ahead of this third game that there was going to be turn on that track and you just thought automatically well that means Moin Ali comes in for Tom Curran obviously Mark Wood came back in and you can't knock that selection but you wonder why Moen Ali's out there really don't you after all the kind of talk about sending him home because he needed a break well maybe he could have had a break through this white ball series yeah after that second test match all the talk was that Moen Ali is going to be a pivotal player in the T20 series and in the T20 World Cup so they are going to rest him for that series now almost uh, half of the T20 series is gone and he hasn't played a single game now what is he going what is he doing in Ahmedabad Ash looking at England I mean going back to what you said the effects I mean I, I agree with you as well the you know you, you play your best batsman in that top three because you give them as many balls as you can possibly get to your quality players so that's a definitely a, an argument to having Josh Butler at the top of the order you've then got Jason Roy in there as opener with him and he's obviously had a couple of scores in this series but I'm still not convinced he's back to his best because he's been really scratchy even when he scored runs and then he looked uh, all at sea yesterday so I'm not sure Jason Roy has completely answered the critics there's quite a few articles out there suggesting he's found his mojo he's back he's you know Jason Roy of old but I'm not quite sure that's completely true just yet and then David Milan at number three despite being world number one in the rankings he's uh, not really set this series alight just yet so they've got a couple there in Roy and uh, and Milan who just need to kind of step up a little bit Yeah I think Roy has got maybe a little bit of fortune on his side recently but he does seem to be something seems to have changed with him he, he's still a bit scratchy but he does, something almost mentally seems to be a bit more there for him at the moment he seems a bit more positive in his, in his mindset which I think is helping 
And, and equally, yes, you, you need you need that bit of luck as well, don't you, in T20? And I think you, you earn that luck a little bit because, as you say, he's a little bit more positive in his head. So he's going at the ball a little bit more. He's playing, you know, a bit more expansively. And then he's getting the rub of the green too. And, you know, you need that slice of luck every now and again in the T20 to score a big score. Yeah, I think he's, he's almost back, gone back to backing himself. I felt like at the beginning in a big bash and possibly a little bit recently Finland, it's almost been like he's trying to feel his way in. But that, that's not how Jason Roy, or the Jason Roy that we all know and love plays. He's Jason Roy, we know, charges down and plays that almost tennis forehand yeah. shot. He's aggressive, he's in your face, he doesn't let the batsman, the bowlers settle and that's what we're seeing again from him. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's really good. And yes, he might not be quite middling everything yet and I'm sure that will hopefully come, no doubt. But it's good to see that mindset change from him. So I, I think Roy's probably got less of a worry. I think it also, how Roy and Butler works at the top of the order seems to work well. You are listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. David Milan, I think, is the interesting one. I, I personally like him and I, I still think there's a role for him in T20 cricket and I think he does a great job. I can also understand other people's concerns that you can't afford him to necessarily afford him to have a game like the last two in a World Cup final, but you could say the same for, for any player, really. Josh Butler got a golden duck the game before, but it doesn't mean you're not going to select him in, in your team because there's a slight chance that might happen in the final. I, I think Milan's a tough one. I understand what people like Javid Kimber are saying that the, the stats that come up with the ICC rankings are of not much use at all. And you put them on an actual stats chart that makes a bit of sense. And Milan's very middling compared to a lot of players, but he's been doing a really good job. And you can't argue with how well he's done for England. And I think as long as he keeps up that form, he, he, he gets his spot on the team. What, what we're seeing from David Milan so far, obviously he was not out in the first game. He got out cheaply in the second and then he was out for, was it 18-19 yesterday? And he tends to, for the first sort of 20 runs, go along at a run of ball, doesn't he? And then he explodes because the stats are that, you know, after he's got to 20, his strike rate is something like about 180 in, in T20 internationals. What we're seeing at the moment from David Milan, Ash, is the David Milan that doesn't quite get to getting to that strike rate. He gets to 20 and then he's getting out at the moment. He's had a bit of an interesting series I think almost in the first game the target was so low he never really had to accelerate so he just sort of played almost quite an easy ball and just kept rotating it and we comfortably won and he was under no pressure to accelerate. The second game you're always going to get people getting out quickly and cheaply it's part of G20 cricket but say I think the third game it, it, what concerned me in that last innings yesterday was the fact that he got to the sort of 20 ball mark and then it was like right I've got to go gung-ho now and he, he got it all, all wrong which worried me because the reason I love David Milan is that he takes his time on those first 20 balls but he, he then doesn't just go mad he, he, he looks calculated he looks in control and I wondered if maybe that was maybe a little bit in his head that he's maybe felt the pressure a little bit that he maybe needs to go out and accelerate and get a big score now I suppose what, what we're talking about as well Sam is that you know, this is the dress rehearsal isn't it for the World Cup T20 it's something like David Milan yeah, you often learn more from a rubbish series or a scratchy series than you do from one where you score 80, 80, 80 all the way through. David Milan maybe just needs to kind of sit back and think about what he's learned over the first three games. because He's not been awful by any means. It makes it sound like we're writing him off. He's not been awful, but he's not been looking like the number one player in the world, has he? No, and I completely agree. The rankings are a bit of a miss them out. I'm not saying he's not a brilliant player, but is he the best T20 player in the world? I think we can categorically say no or I can say that I have just said that but I mean on that Josh Butler's 24th in those rankings well there you go I would personally then take umbrage with the rankings and say that is not correct but one of the things with Milan is you know 
uh, we've spoken about before is he takes a bit of time to get going. So in a T20 game, often if you've got 15 or 20 runs off your first 15 balls, if you get out, it looks like a bad innings and people are going to criticise you. If you then make it to 80 or 40 balls, then uh, you get forgiven that that slow start is acceptable. And, and you um, can compare that to Virat Kohli yesterday because he was, was he 28 off 28 or something like that? Kind of yeah. trying, trying to rebuild Indies innings. Now, if he'd been out for 28, it would have been, well, Kohli never really went anywhere with that innings. He didn't really add anything to that total and they were still all out for 80 or something like that. But he then blossomed over the second half and was 77 off 44 by the end of it. And then it looks like a great knock, doesn't it? But it's quite, and, you know, Chris Gale, it, maybe he didn't take 15 balls, but often you'd see Chris Gale kind of patting the first couple of balls back. He definitely got his eye in for the first five or in, even sometimes the first hole over. You have to be a real superstar. You have to, to be able to then turn those sedate-ish starts into beginnings regularly. You, you have to be really, really in that very top bracket. And I'm not sure Milan quite is. I, I remember talking to David Miller, the South African, when he came to Yorkshire. And we had a talk about his approach to T20s. And he, he was exactly that. He basically said, my attitude is I go in, I see the first 20 balls, knock them around and, and try and get singles and uh, you know do nothing too dramatic. Then that's my platform. And then I go. Um, and that seems to be how David Milan is trying to play it, but he's just not quite getting to the ball 21, 22 and, and onwards, is he, at the moment? No, exactly. And that's where you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. It's a big conversation. He's clearly a brilliant player. Is he a good enough brilliant? Is that is that overstating it? Is David Milan a good enough player for England to be able to afford him the, OK, you can do that because we know that more often than not, you will then turn it into a big 80. In, in a way, Sam, the David Milan kind of player would be better suited to ODIs and he doesn't play in the ODI team, does he? Yeah, it's strange. I think mean, he'd also be quite well suited for tests. I think he'd do quite well. There's another conversation for another day, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in uh, get another Ashes tour. I think he did quite well down there uh, previously. But as we said, yeah, I'm not sure he's a good enough player to be given that luxury of the, say, the Coley, the Gale, even the David Miller, as you said, the well, you know, you can have your 10 balls to get in because we know that you're going to produce fireworks and match winning innings more often than not. Rito, it would take a, dr- a brave man to drop David Milan when he's number one in the world rankings, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, James. He's a brilliant player, David Milan. There's no question about it. But he he always tends to prefer pitches with which is true and which bounces up to him. And he that's why he has succeeded in New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa. But he, over here in India, he looks like he's just struggling in this three innings over here. Now he needs to come up with something big in this two innings. Otherwise, even I was having a conversation with Will McPherson William of Evening Standard, and he said that if he doesn't play well in this two innings, then he might not start for Kings. Eleven Punjab or what are they Punjab Kings now? Yes. Yeah, Punjab Kings. <laughs> yeah, he then he might not start for Punjab Kings at all. Then what happens then for England? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, the IPL is going to be a big part of this, isn't it, in terms of their preparation? You know, we talk about players putting in the IPL before Test cricket and all those other conversations that we've had over the last few weeks. But England and the T20 camp will learn a lot from how David Milan and Chris Wokes, etc., play in the IPL. <laughs> Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. 
Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Let's go to India's camp, Rito. And you're out there in India. You're an Indian, um, obviously supporting England, but you're very much over there and involved in what people are saying over in that country about their T20 side. Same question, really, about their team. Seems to me they're a little bit further back in the planning phase than England are. They're still they're still trying to develop a kind of culture and identity as a T20 side. And there's a few more fault lines in that Indian side, is my view on it. Yeah, for starters, they haven't got a st- settled opening partnership. In three games, they have opened with three different players. So there's something not right at the top and now I am seeing a lot of people calling for Yuzvendra Chahali they are saying that he has been found out by international batsmen so he can't, uh, India can't go with him anymore they, they are calling for Ravi Chandran Ashwin to get back into that T20 series which I found was a bit interesting I mean I, it, it strikes me I mean if it was um, Ravi Chandran Ashwin was in English I'm sure he'd be in that English T20 squad it does strike me as a bit strange that he's not in that Indian side yeah but you have to go back to why he was dropped because at the time there was that emergence of leg spinners coming in after the T20 World Cup in India in 2016 and all of a sudden you feel off spinners they can't play the play cricket anymore and you Chahal and Kuldeep they did well in the when they were introduced firstly now it seems that people are starting to figure them out and they're going around the park and that's when India are going back to the their lead spinner best test match spinner I often think with that the um, yeah the figuring out stage of a, t- a player's international career in whatever format it is I think a team would be better off letting the player ride that way for a little bit because all of these analytics that are out there at the moment you, you see a player burst onto the scene has 10 great games and then a team really studies him to see how they can take him down and then you need to let that player suffer maybe a couple of bad games and try and learn from that and come back stronger as a result of that sometimes that's the wrong time in my opinion Rita to drop somebody like Yuzvendra Chahal let him kind of think about his game now let him think about how Joss Butler and Jason Roy have attacked him and come back with something better if he can't do that then that's when you drop him but give him the chance to actually put it right yeah as a matter of fact we all know that Kohli trusts you when Rachel and he has trusted him for all these years in RCB so obviously he has the faith of the captain and the coach so he has some time on his hands now Chahal, and he is a mighty fine bowler he has earned his time and I'm sure India will stick with him although there are people on social media calling for him to be dropped in terms of the Indian media and in terms of what you've seen on social media from fans over there who by the way do seem to get very quiet when India lose they get very vocal when India win but very quiet when India lose it, it sort of marks out of 10 for their their mood about this T20 side that India have got are they buoyant 10 out of 10 or all doom and gloom not out of 10 no they are not failing to state the fact this is not India's number one bowling attack they are missing what Bumrah, Saini all these kind of bowlers so they are obviously saying that and they are a bit disappointed with their batsmen failing to Engl- handle the England pieces who have clearly rattled them with Mark Wood with his face and Jofra Archer too. I've seen a, a piece um, this morning actually saying that the best thing to for England to do in the summer, Ito, isn't to put green seamers down there and try and just kind of out-bowl injury in that way, but to basically stick out some pacey, bouncy tracks and let Mark Wood, Jofra Archer and, and, and Ital just basically come at India with pace and India's 
pace bowling attack might be good, but they're more slightly down on miles per hour than the English. Yeah, even yesterday after Mark Wood bowling that hostile pace, there were Indians on Twitter saying that why don't we produce 145 kilometers per hour bowler more regularly? None of the Indian bowlers uh, on shore can click 145 consistently. They might click once in a while, but that's the problem now with India. Now they have seen Mark Wood and they are, they're envying him. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. So I'm looking at KL Rahul, who I've got a huge amount of time for. I've watched him over the last few IPLs. I think he's a terrific player. When he's on form, when he's on song, he plays some beautiful shots. He's a, he, you know, he, he has got everything, but he looks to be shot at the moment. He's had three games in this series. He can't buy a run, can he? He just looks completely at sea and his confidence is through the floor. Going back to what I said to Rita about, you know, letting a player kind of ride that wave and, and then show that they can come back from it. Virat Kohli's obviously come out and said he's one of our champions he's up there with um, Rowett at the top of the order that's how we're going to play this but there's almost a case for kind of just withdrawing him from the firing line a little bit he seems to have suffered from the bubble he's been in that bubble through the test series and now now he's got his chance to actually get out there in the middle he seems to have lost a little bit of his mojo yeah he does he looks to be in you know a bit of trouble when he goes out there but I think you've got to speak to the player I think they've got to be a big you, you have to get how someone's feeling there's no one size fits all um, but I'm like you know it's a five game series T20 momentum shifts so quickly only needs a couple of decent shots to suddenly spark in and you feel good out there in the middle so I like that they're going to uh, hopefully are going to stick with him it's it's not been a great series for him so far but in a week's time we could he could have two 70s 80s or 100 or something and, and it could be it turns into a great series so T20 changes like that I think you have to give your best players or your, you have to stick with players I don't like chopping and changing, even, even if you have got lots of options. I, you know, you've got to give someone a proper, everyone's going to have a bad run of form. If you drop them straight away, what does that say to the rest of the team? You know, everyone's, you've got to be have some faith in the guys that have performed for you before. What KL Rahul needs, I mean, we, we spoke about Jason Roy earlier, maybe getting a little bit of luck here and there. You know, the outside edge that doesn't go to hand, but squirts down to third man for four. He needs a couple of those early on, doesn't he, in, in his innings to just get him going, get a bit of a score on the board and start to make him feel part of the game. Yeah, he does. Like, well, that was it. Was it Coley off Archer? Or who was it the other day? No, oh, that was Coley ridiculous. Off... The, the, the six over <laughs> third man. <laughs> I can't hit a six if I try and put everything into it. Yet suddenly the guy's not looking <laughs> top edge and it flies over third man for six. That's what he needs. A few of those would be quite nice. Suddenly you're 18, not out, and you get going. And it's all about confidence, Ash, isn't it? T20. You see a player who's got loads of confidence, maybe you know, not quite the skill of some of the others, but he's got loads of confidence. He's understanding his own game. He knows what he's doing. He goes out there and it makes it, it, it can look quite simple at times. Sometimes I think people overthink it a little bit and start to get a little bit within themselves. And I think that's where KL Rahul is at the moment. He's a shadow of his former self, kind of prodding and poking and being a bit tentative, whereas he might just be better off just unleashing the beast and going out there and giving it a bit of a, a bit of a crack T20 is, is most definitely a confidence game whether it's batsman or bowler I think it's very very clear that if you feel confident and you feel you can go out and play your game from ball one you're much more likely to be successful and as you say I think KL Rahul's struggling probably in the same way Jason Roy was he seems to be trying to almost take the, the, the 
safe way to, to get a few runs on the board, trying to play it safe, trying to not really play how he'd normally play, trying to sort of nudge and feel his way to double figures, to 20-odd, and, and then wants to start going. And I just don't think that's ever really the way to go in T20 cricket. Not not when you, you're a player who clearly has the ability to to go early and go from, go from ball one, especially as an opener. I think confidence is key and it's not easy. I think the best the best way to get it back is to be positive and be aggressive almost with, with your shot play. We did this yesterday, Owen Morgan's 100th cap with uh, Neil and uh, Anand, two Indian fans, but obviously with three English fans on today. It would be wrong of me not to mention that again. It's a great achievement to become the fourth player in world cricket to get 100 T20 international caps. He's been at it since 2009. He was part of England's World Cup winning side way back and has obviously been a, a huge part of England's white ball game. When Josh Butler handed him his 100th cap, the little kind of ceremony they had, he said to him um, in his little speech, you know, you've changed the face of English white ball cricket. You've taken us up a level. And that is massively true. What he's done for English cricket in terms of that white ball game in both 50 over and, and 20 over formats is, is ridiculously good. He just understands that game and he knows what he wants his side to do. It was nice to see him, Ash, yesterday. Seen a few pieces this morning on him saying that he was close to tears. It meant something to him, that, didn't it, yesterday? To him and his family, he said, that he got to 100. It almost seemed like a bit of uh, validation for for what he's been through a little bit. He seemed to enjoy that presentation and the fact that he's got to three figures in terms of his caps. It was really, really good to see. His life, up until probably about five, six years ago, was all about playing at the top level, playing international cricket for England, and he devoted his life to that. And then the last five, six years, seven years, it's been all about devoting his time, his whole life to getting England to be the best white ball team in the world, which he has not only achieved, but he's also kept us at the top for now a couple of years. And we go into a World Cup aiming to be the first team to hold both white ball World Cups. And we've got a really great chance of that. And that's thanks to him. And he's been such a great captain. And along with Strauss, the the changes that they picked up on and made have completely rejuvenated the English white ball game. And I think everyone's just so thankful for him and so proud of him for managing to do that because for one person to, to be the spearhead and do as much as he had is, is simply sublime Sam it, it would seem sensible that Josh Butler seems to be being groomed doesn't he as his vice captain to take over from Owen Morgan whenever that is that's going to be quite a moment isn't it in English cricket when Owen Morgan finally decides that it's time to call it a day I'm not hoping it's next week by any means I'm hoping he, he lasts a few years yet he's given so much to English cricket that it's going to be sad to see him go when, it, when that finally does come yeah it really is and as I like to say it's a couple of years away but I, I think the one thing, the, the bright spot is, use the word legacy, they are preparing. He is so thorough. And so the way he kind of almost grabbed English white ball cricket by the, you know, by the horns and dragged it up. And I think there is a lot of succession. There's probably succession planning going on, which is quite nice to see. So, yes, of course, why we will miss Owen Morgan. The beauty is not perhaps like it was 10 years ago where, OK, a captain resigns. Oh, sugar, where do we go now? Who's going to come in? Basically, who's in the best form? Who's in the team? What's the next direction? I think this is very much progress. Owen Morgan will go, but the platform that he has built and the programme is put in place will continue if that makes sense rather than just being a scattergun right who's yeah. the best batsman right you can captain ODIs you can do what you like yeah you, David Milan you're number one in the world so you're the captain next so that's that's how it would have been sort of 10 yes. 20 years ago isn't it but yeah they, they plan everything the mind you shire cricket analytics etc you'd imagine that they're planning very much what happens after Owen Morgan goes if it is Joss Butler do you see him trying to still play test cricket because Owen Morgan's put everything into the white ball stuff hasn't he it, it would almost make sense for Joss Butler to say I'm going to be 
be white ball too and just play the T20 leagues and learn from everything and, and put all of his efforts into that? Uh, yes, I, I, I suspect Joss isn't thinking about that right now. I suspect he's a, we're a couple of years away. He may well not be in the test team at that point. Who knows? Um, I know Morgan has put everything into white ball cricket. I don't know if that was necessarily out of choice though. Well, he was dropped he by England's test team, wasn't he? And that's when he kind yeah. of went down that route. But, you know, some people would have dug the heels in and tried to score county championship runs and come back into the test side. But he, he chose to go down the white ball route from there, didn't he? He did indeed. And we'll see with Joss uh, if he's still in that test side. Uh, he would certainly have plenty of suitors to go to just continue playing white ball cricket. So it may well be in time that's the way he goes. And we'll why he's in the test side he is never going to publicly say that probably doesn't privately think it but we shall see be interesting Rito in terms of the Indian public and their view of Owen Morgan obviously he play, he's played plenty of IPL seasons as well you know usually from different countries you look at the uh, greats of the, the other nations and there's a, a, a sort of sense of respect there do the Indian nation respect Owen Morgan and what he's achieving yeah massively James India respects Owen Morgan yeah, and what he has achieved in so small time for England to achieve so much and we on talk about Owen Morgan the captain but look at the batsman he has improved remarkably as well the way he scored runs in that second Twitter, yeah he didn't get a lot of runs but straight away after a break of say two three months he straight away got into the straps and was scoring runs and that's uh, how a good batsman goes about his batting really good for him I think to get out there and get some runs in the middle in this series he's not really had many opportunities is he in this uh, five match series so far Owen Morgan in both the chases the opening batsmen have done the job and well you had the opportunity in the second twenty. He didn't make a lot, but he looked in good nick. And his sitting over the years has improved remarkably as well. The way he hits sixes down the ground. That's one thing he has emphasized in the past and he has done that. Hopefully he scores some more of half century at least in the next two games. Some of those shots they play, Josh Butler's the same. Those quick wrists through the ball. It's almost like a golf swing, isn't it? The, yeah, the snap of bringing that bat through and the bat speed that they generate. You know, Owen Morgan is, is terrific at that. So is Josh Butler. It's something you'd never have seen 20 years ago in cricket, but they seem to have just adapted this way of trying to get speed through the ball and make runs and hopefully we'll see plenty more of those from both of those players from an English perspective as we go through the uh, next two years or so in white ball cricket Ash, Rito and Sam as always it's been a pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast today we'll be back again tomorrow obviously fourth game in this series England taking that 2-1 lead into that game all of this talk about the toss win the toss win the match hopefully we'll see in one of these two games one of these two teams actually put that trend to bed because I think if you play well enough you can win any match regardless of the pitch and the circumstances but we'll see what happens we'll be back again tomorrow with our reaction to that fourth game I've been James the Cricket Badger and of course I'll see you again then Thanks for listening we will be back every day during England's tour of India get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter we hope you are enjoying the cricket see you again tomorrow Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.